Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. I am Sykes and this is my podcast. Now, before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out last week's episode with Joe Boots. If you are one of those people, I hope you enjoyed the conversation and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. Now today on the show, we got Ricky from Koala Core Clothing. For those of you out there who may not be familiar with Koala Core Clothing, they are a clothing company dedicated to the prevention of animal abuse. They donate proceeds from every sale to a different nonprofit animal rights organization or non-kill animal shelter every month. And they're a really, really great company. Ricky's a really cool dude. I just sat down with him last week at Warp Tour and yeah, it was awesome for Ricky to be able to take the time to sit down and talk to me a little bit. Huge shout outs to our mutual friend, Christmas, from Hope for the Day for hooking this up. I think you're really going to like this conversation. We get into the history of Koala Core, obviously, past, present, and future, what's going on with that. But also, we get into Ricky himself and, you know, what he was into as a kid, how he got into the music scene, how he got into merchandising, and all that fun stuff. If you listened to the show before, you know how I do. Please be sure to check out all the links that I got in the episode description for the Koala Core clothing stuff. If you feel like it's something you like, you see a t-shirt you like, you see a hat, you see a sticker, buy something. They're really good people doing stuff for a really good cause. Contribute. That would be great. Check it out. Anyways, before we get into the conversation, gotta talk about myself a little bit because it is my show. So if you are new to me or new to the show, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at The Real Sykes. If you're super into Facebook and want to check out my little page on Facebook, you can do so. Just go to the search bar, type in start the beat. I'm going to pop up, give it a little like, share it around to your friends. So I don't got to give Facebook money. That would be fantastic. Also, if you're really into podcasts, like pretty hardcore, you subscribe to them and stuff. You could do that. I'm on iTunes. I'm on pretty much any podcast type of service that you can think of. I'm there. Just go to the search bar, type in start the beat, subscribe. If you have the option to rate and review, do it. It doesn't even matter if it's a bad rating or a good rating. Just the fact that there's ratings helps. It's a numbers game. It's 2016. It's all bullshit. But anyways, I'm getting really sidetracked. Last but certainly not least, Start the Beat is part of the Epicast family, which you can learn all about at epicastnetwork.com. Whew. It's always so much information, you know, fucking going back to it being 2016 and the fact that you got to have goddamn nearly a dozen social media profiles just to maintain relevance is crazy. Ah, but anyways, how about I stop talking about all that and let's get into our conversation with the awesome, awesome Ricky from awesome clothing company, Koala Core. Sit back, 
relax, and let's start the motherfucking beat! I do all the intros and outro type shit later. Like all the boring stuff that we don't want to talk about. I got you. So <laughs> the first thing I think of is, so the, the company is yours, Koala Core. That's what it's called, right? Yes. It's me and my partner, James. Okay. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Were you into like graphic tees growing up, band shirts, cartoon shirts, shit like that? Uh, I actually grew up really heavily involved in the Boston music scene. Okay. So I was in touring bands from the time I was like 15 up until I started college when I was around 18, 19. So throughout that time, I was designing band merch, getting it printed. And then one year we were out on Warp Tour and I was just looking around at the boots, just thinking like, dude, there's... There's a way to tour, but make it more successful instead of coming home to massive bills and broken <laughs> not down have to load equipment around and shit yeah, like that. Yeah, not having to deal with fucking amps and guitars and yeah. all that shit. So when I was in college, I, I went to school for marketing. In a PR class, we had to do a homework assignment where they give you a company in a failing scenario. And with a group, you figure out how to rebrand it. But I don't like people that much. So I asked my teacher if I could do the project myself and do it for a new clothing line uh, that I had an idea for and I wanted to roll on. So she was like, yeah, like, cool, just go for it. So I came up with the idea for Koala Core, and then I always loved animals. I partially grew up on a farm growing up. I always had dogs and cats Where was and that horses. Uh, Columbia okay. in South America. Yeah. Whoa, nice. Yeah. I used Wild. to spend like months at a time down there when I was younger, kicking so, it with cows. So I was thinking if the teacher wouldn't have been like, cool, go for that, like been encouraging. Do you think that would have affected like the possible future of your company or were you going to roll with it anyways? I think it absolutely would have because I came up with the majority of the ideas for the company and how I wanted it to run because I was forced to sit down and do this homework assignment. Dude, isn't that wild? Like, Yeah, and actually my teacher loved it so much that she kept teaching that PR class after and started using me as a homework assignment. So she started assigning people to go to the Koala Core website and their project would be to write a blog and then submit it to me so I could read them and I'd pick one to post. That's super tight. That's really cool your teacher was involved like that. Yeah. I wish more <laughs> teachers understood that. Yeah, it's I like, went to... It changed a, your life, essentially. Yeah, absolutely. Fuck. Studying marketing did too, but yeah. that... That one teacher, she just let me roll with it. I went to a liberal arts college, so okay. I was given that freedom. And then she said it was dope. The entire class was like, that's a fucking good idea. So I got three jobs, took out a loan, and now here we are. <laughs> awesome. And I talked to you earlier. You said this was your fourth warp Tour? Yes, this is our fourth warp cool. Tour. Cool. And you've been doing the band shit since you were basically a teenager. Came yeah. Up in the, yes. You said the Boston scene. Yep. So how'd you get from Columbia to Boston? Well, I didn't grow up full-time in okay. Colombia. My entire family on my mom and dad's side is from Colombia. My parents were first immigration immigrants who flew in here so I could be born in the States. Nice. And I just ended up going back there all the time. I got the you. That makes sense. Yeah. Cool. So were your parents into music? No. My, <laughs> uh, my dad's a doctor and my mom does a lot of entrepreneurial stuff, so... My mom is the one who most of the time is like, you do whatever the fuck you want that's going to make you happy. 
And then on my dad's side of family, it's more of, are you a doctor yet? And I just got to keep saying yeah, no. I was going to ask, was that an issue kind of when you, once you start coming up being a teenager, getting it, into band scene it and It wasn't first because I was the first person in my massive Hispanic family on my dad's side that wasn't <laughs> clean cut, wearing the polo, uh-huh. like being a doctor type. So yeah, it was a little bit of an issue, but at the same time, I kind of used it as my advantage to be like, you know, like you can... I guess look down if that's the right term on what I'm doing, but it's gonna just push me to show you that I can be successful doing life however I want to. Yeah. So what was like some of the first music you were into? So it seems like you kinda got into this through music. Oh, dude, when I was like eleven I was already sneaking out of school to go buy corn CDs that still <laughs> dude, had like the swears in them. You know what right. I mean? Like yeah. slipknot, disturbed. I started all the bub metal. Okay. And then from there, it well, turned got to in- find out some way. Oh, exactly. Yeah. And then that got me into, I spent a few years doing nothing but grindcore and like the bands with the <laughs> illegible like logos. the general progression. Yeah. yeah. You know, like your favorite band's job for a cowboy for six years. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, during that time, I was uh, actually studying guitar, like to go to Berkeley. I oh, want to nice. do that before. So I played in a lot of... Uh, like those ridiculous, like sweet nonstop, also like crazy, like 30 second grindcore bands. Uh-huh. But even then I realized that a band like that, you're only really playing to impress other musicians. So I dropped them and then joined an already existing, more like poppy, singy, hardcore band where I spent more time just throwing my guitar around and playing notes. Cool. But since it was more marketable, we got to tour the country way more which that then led to Koala Core. And then I double dipped the two with my last band, just started wearing my shirts on tour forever. Okay. And then the clothing line took off faster than the band did, so I quit and just focused on that and finishing college. What were some of the bands you were in? Uh, a lot of them don't matter. Okay. <laughs> the last one was Shot Heard Around the World from okay. Massachusetts. Just uh, bands that toured, but... Yeah, Shot Heard Around the World was the only one that ever really got anywhere. The rest were just more fun. Understood, but yeah. I left the more fun bands when I was around 16 to join Shot Heard around the world. And then they were the band I was with for the majority of my music career. I gotcha. I was just thinking about all the technical music that you play to like a such a small audience. That like yeah. really fucks with me sometimes if you really think about it. Cause it's like those people put so much time into learning their instrument yeah. to play it that intensely to play to like, you know. Oh, trust 20 me. kids that are going to get it. Yeah, I thought it was hysterical that I had a professional teacher from Berkeley when I was in high school teach me how to do eight-string sweeps on a fucking eight-string guitar, but nobody wanted to listen to it. So then I just buy a bunch of nicer-looking gear and start wearing skinny jeans and learn how to do a guitar flip, and that band blows up. Sure, I mean, that's the other thing, too. When, with playing music, it's like just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do it all the time. Yeah, you figure out it's more of a show than anything else. Uh-huh. Yeah. Do you still play at all, like personally or anything like that? Or are you focused no, on the... No, I'm the, way too focused, focused on everything else. Focused on the company else. now, yeah. yeah. The only reason I even played guitar in the first place was because I wanted that to be what I did for a living. But then once I didn't really see that taking me anywhere even like just the fun of it was gone i was like what's the point every time i picked up a guitar and i also had the fun koala core somehow so i sold most of my gear when that i was makes just sense. like this is done yeah yeah so now you design a lot of the work for it or do you design all of it or do you outsource with other artists collaborate my partner jamie comes up with most of the ideas for the designs and then i do about half of the designing i do the creepier, more photorealistic looking stuff. Mm-hmm. But our more cartoony designs are designed by an artist that goes by Mike Hardcore, who does 
album art for bands like Pierce the Veil and A Day to Remember, okay. and Newfound Glory. So if you've ever bought merch or any other shirts, that's the artist who does our. How did you our link stuff. up with him? He used to make my old band's merch. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Plus he's a big animal lover and rescues animals on oh, his own nice. too. So when he found out what I was trying to do, he was like, "Dude, like I'll design whatever you need." Yeah, that makes yeah. a ton of sense. I think that having as much control over your company is probably the best bet rather than always trying to outsource with other people and do oh, collaborations. Yeah. Have you done anything like that ever? We've done collaborations with bands to try to raise funds for different animal rights organizations, but that's about as far as we've gotten just because Jamie and I don't really like to release control of anything to anybody yeah, else. That makes sense. Yeah, we only recently decided that we absolutely needed to even outsource our fulfillment because it just got to the point where our apartment just had way too many boxes and it was just mm. taking way too much time. We you outsource the printing or do you print stuff yourself? Uh, the printing has always been outsourced. We okay. try to not do as much of the production and manual labor of it, but we like everything shipped out on time in a specific way with personal notes and this and that. But. It just got too big and we got too busy, so we had to outsource It's like a, a good, bad problem to have. Yeah, it's a good problem to have. It's just sad that I can't, like, I know who our heavy customers are, so I like to write them notes and stuff like that. Yeah. It's kind of like a, a boring question, but I'm just curious since I was getting to know you. Drawing, was that something that you were doing since you were a kid, or did you get into that once you decided you wanted to do the shirts? Uh, I don't draw. Uh, that's why we have the other guy do the cartoonier oh, okay, stuff. Okay. I do more like uh, design, like, graphic design, yeah, graphic work. design. So, and so like, that was that something that you got into once you started the company, or were you doing that for the bands? I, I was doing that since I was like fucking okay. eight years yeah, old. I gotcha. was a super nerd growing up, so I actually <laughs> used to like build computers from scratch and then like fix kids' iPods when I was in high school. So by the time I had a computer, I knew what Photoshop was, and I was like eleven or twelve. I was already fucking with it, and then I just used it for so long and then had to get certified by Adobe to get the jobs that I wanted after college. Uh. So I got that certification, learned how to use the entire Adobe Creative Suite, but then never really ended up getting that real job out of college. I ended up just graduating and saying, fuck it, I'm going to do my own thing and yeah. see what happens. Are you a Illustrator guy or a Photoshop guy? Uh, mostly Photoshop. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same way. I have a lot of design friends that are like, man, you gotta stop using Photoshop. I'm like, I it's like, don't no, you don't. Illustrator, dude. Like, it, I just don't like it. No, it does too much of it for you. And it doesn't let you fuck with stuff as much. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, when I do some of our designs, I really like to get in there and just absolutely annihilate whatever I'm designing, like by the pixel. I think Illustrator is probably good if you're doing catalogs or something silly like that. That's but you can still do that for. in Photoshop. Yeah, uh, my partner Jamie and I, I own a marketing agency on top of Koala Core. Okay. So we do a lot of work for clients and stuff like that. So I'll use Illustrator to make like pamphlet designs and flyers. Menus and, like, and weird yeah. shit. Yeah, all that boring shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you do fundraising stuff through Koala Core, you mentioned. That's and all Koala Core yeah. is. Yeah, okay. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yes. We donate proceeds from every sale to no-kill animal shelters. Uh, throughout Warp Tour, what we're actually doing is raising money to help a select few pit bull shelters in California. Because over there, the big shelters give pit bulls about three days before they put them down. Wow. And most of the time, they don't even put them up for adoption. They'll just put them in a the back room for the three days. But there's a select few of nonprofit, no kill pit bull shelters that'll take them in and foster them indefinitely until they find a home for them. And since it's such a big problem over there and we just moved there a few years ago, we really want to be able to give back and help to the community that mm -hmm. we're 
based up in and claiming that we're from. Whenever you link up with somebody like that, is it sort of a thing where you reach out to a company beforehand like, hey, we're doing this thing. We want to help you. Can we do this? Or do you just raise the money and like, hey, here you go. You don't know who we are, but here's money. It depends. We've done a little bit of both. One organization that we've worked with a few times is called Pinups for Pipples. It's a group of uh, alternative models that every year they make a calendar and sell it off just so they can raise money to help Pipples around the Tennessee area, I believe it is. And then all the women involved are heavily involved in being animal activists and they pop up boots and try to adopt dogs out. So we do work with some people specifically, but a lot of times we'll just raise the money and, you know, if we know a shelter needs something in particular, we'll just send it and then we'll just be like, hey, here's a big bag of mad food. We hope it works for you guys. Yeah. During the winter, we know that there's a lot of problems with shelters getting destroyed in upstate New York and Massachusetts by the snow. So we do something called the No Pupsicle Project where we raise money to buy blankets and food and whatever else shelters that get destroyed up there need yeah. money if they have to fund repairs, stuff like that. So is this stuff that you knew about and were super passionate about prior to starting the company or like have you learned more and more about it as you've gotten involved i was passionate about it before but the more involved i got the more driven i got to be able to want to help out because i knew that there were problems with it and i knew that i wanted to like you know get dogs off the street stuff like that but the more i learned about it the more passionate i got and that's what really just kept fueling me to do it do you have any pets growing up Oh, yeah. yeah. I always had at least two dogs at oh, a time. Not, okay. I had horses for a little while. I have cats, like everything. <laughs> yeah. Any now? Uh, I got a cat and a boxer. Okay. Yeah. So have you ever had any uh, fish? Yeah, I had one you, goldfish. You, just one, that's it? <laughs> just one goldfish. Damn, I really want to get like a super elaborate fish tank, and I'm trying to get some insight on from like someone who's had one for a long time on how to like upkeep it. Funny, effectively and uh, efficiently. One of my good friends from back in Massachusetts is a fish tank aficionado, actually. <laughs> uh, my friend Jen has like 10 fish tanks set up in her house and like does all the pH balancing yeah, and all the, super, buys all the crazy fish. It's a fucking nightmare, really too. I don't know how she does it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, I remember I was looking into it once. I was like, okay, like the fish tank's not that much money. Yeah. Fish aren't that much money. And then you look into everything else, you're like, whoa. Yeah, you need all these gotten insane. chemicals. You have to clean it and water changes and food. And I couldn't deal with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that not like animals that I can mess with and like pet, you know what I mean, and play mm -hmm. with. You can't really pet a fish. <laughs> now, how much time do you spend on the road? Do you do anything like this outside of Warp Tour? Oh, yeah. Warp Tour, is, it's our longest tour of the year. But during the fall and spring, we do all the other festivals. Like we've done Camp Bisco, Electric Forest, Counterpoint, South by Southwest, South by So What, you know, all the big ones. Do you ever do anything um, outside of music? Like maybe like, like comic shows, movie, like nerd conventions, things like that? That's what we're actively trying to break into now. We're okay. looking into some anime conventions. Yeah, 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 like totally. Yeah. yeah. A lot of those conventions are starting to have bands play. Yeah. And I have uh, this friends are in a band called Deathlehem and they dress up like like Dungeons and Dragons wizards and it's stuff awesome. and just play like <laughs> RPG themed death metal. Yeah. And all these conventions are starting to have them out because it just like crosses like these two gaps. Yeah. So I, I think that like that market's going to open for 
somebody like you to get in there yeah and start i think doing it stuff. absolutely would we definitely one thing we do is pick our designs based on the event we're going to be at oh, yeah, so that makes a lot of sense. you know what i mean the hardest part would just be doing some research going to one or two comic cons and being like oh, yeah. all right what are these kids buying yeah you and then do coming some... up with our animal version of it oh yeah you do yeah. like an animal dressed up like mega man or some shit and you're yeah exactly gold. Or like a koala pikachu some shit yeah, like that yeah that's pokemon's hot right now someone steals that you're done i already got it <laughs> i'll cut it out i'll edit it out <laughs> were you ever into any comics video games anime shit like that i was a little bit when i was younger it was but around yeah yeah once i started playing guitar and like you know skateboarding though i just, just completely stopped playing video games and saw tv as a waste of time yeah I, I haven't even owned a tv for the past like three years i don't have cable you know if i really want to watch something i go on my laptop and netflix but Otherwise, I'm just sitting there rotting away, and all I'm thinking uh, is I could be doing so, dude, anything more productive I'm, than watching TV. It's so fucking hard for me to sit down and watch a movie or yeah. anything. I have to really watch it. Yeah, I've never watched an episode of Game of Thrones. People are always talking about it. I'm like, it's I don't like, know dude, what the hell you're talking yeah, about. I don't know what you're talking about. I was busy working. And even yeah. talking about like Pokemon now, people are like, why haven't you downloaded Pokemon? I'm like, I'm not trying to like be a dick, but it's just like I have so much more to do. The only reason I want that Pokemon game is because I'm on Warp Tour. So <laughs> like we're in a different state every day, yeah, dude. And I see like really rack posts up. from homies on tour, like, yo, I just found this fucking Pikachu in a porta potty over here. And the other day a friend of mine, like, her service was barely working, but she was like, There's a Pokemon in my booth, but I can't catch it. <laughs> but my fucking my iPhone's jailbroken, so I can't update it to the point to where the Pokemon game will actually load. So I'm about ready to just completely wipe it just so I can start playing that game. Because out here on the road, like you got nothing to do half yeah, the time. Yeah, that's what so, I was like, going to ask you is how do you balance like the downtime on the road? Well, we kind of don't really give ourselves downtime if we can. So we're independent vendors here, not bands. So we don't just get a magical, great booth spot every day and like get handed like millions of dollars. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got to be out there at like seven in the morning when everyone else is out there at eight, find a spot that I think is good, try to figure out where they're gonna play stages and how the traffic's gonna flow. Oh yes, I'm sure it's different yeah, every and then, day. Yeah. Every day, and then I just have to stand there. <laughs> I stand there, I claim my spot, and fucking any way I can, tell people to get out of my way. Then I gotta find the vendor coordinator and be like, dude, I've been over there for the past hour. Is that cool or do I have to move? Sometimes I'm good, sometimes he's like, nah, no tents over there, you gotta move over there. So it can it can turn into a hassle. For the most part, though, are those people usually pretty cool and helpful? Or is oh, it, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Is it yeah. a set group of people, like the same vendor coordinators on tour? Or is it like each venue yeah, different? Yeah, they're all on tour. Okay. Yeah, no, everyone at the Warp Tour production office is fantastic. Yeah, even like the guy who places booths, like we're friends with him, so he helps us out when we can, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. As long as you're polite and a good human being, like people are going to help you out. It's easy. That's awesome. This is the first warp tour I've been to since I was probably like eleven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's not really my scene in particular. Yeah. But it's it's cool to be here. Yeah, and no, it's a lot of fun. Fuck, it's you know, awesome to talk to you. Thanks yeah. for doing this. Is there any uh shout outs or anything you wanna throw out before we wrap it up? Koalacoreclothing.com. Check out the clothing line and help us save some puppies. Do it. Thanks, dude. Really yeah, appreciate thank it. Thank you. And that is all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. Ricky was a really, really cool dude. Again, huge shout-outs to Christmas from Hope for the Day for hooking up this conversation, as well as the next two episodes that you're going to hear the next two weeks. She 
really went out of her way to, you know, get me some interviews on Warp Tour, got me in, and I really fucking appreciate it. Ricky's an awesome dude. Koala Core's really cool clothing company. I highly suggest you go online and check out the stuff. There are links in the description. And yeah, look it up, buy some stuff, and support. Please support, you know, independent artists, independent merchants. Support animal shelters. Support life. That's what I'm going to end this conversation on. Support life. It's important. I'll be back again next week with another new episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2016. Woo! Woo! Thanks for listening.